Good morning. It is Sunday, September 7th, and I am hopping on to do a podcast about my experience at Oprah's The Life You Want weekend. I titled this podcast The Gems. And so my understanding is that this is an eight-city tour, Auburn Hills, uh, Washington, D.C., New Jersey, Houston, Texas, Miami, Florida, Seattle, Washington, and San Jose, California. Um, I bought my tickets right when they went on sale, which means I spent far more money than I needed to, but I was so worried that it would sell out. Um, and then I see somebody, my old trainer sitting like six, seven rolls in front of me saying that she paid about a seventh of the price that I paid. But either way, I had never seen Oprah before and I was super sort of influenced by Oprah all throughout really, uh, school age and through college like even through college I would um schedule my classes around the Oprah Winfrey show and I bought the DVD you know I I have cable most people who know me know that I don't even really watch TV but I have cable only so that I can have the own network so I have AT&T U-verse because I want it own because I really uh, for no other reason, just wanted to continue to be a part of what Oprah's doing because I think the kind of things that she does, um, you can fan out if you want. And I never have, I have no desire to meet her because I really like having her as that like celeb force uh, kind of in my life. You know, there are people who ask me to mentor them and I say, you know what, you can be mentored from a distance. And I feel like Oprah is my distance mentor. So that's why, you know, people are like, oh my God, do you want to meet her? And I'm like, I mean, while I'd be love to, um, it's not on my, my list because I kind of like it that way. Um, so I'll tell you, it was, it was an evening and a day. So it was, um, Friday night from seven to nine and then it was nine to five all day Saturday. I'm just going to be completely upfront with you. I knew even when I bought this ticket that I do not have the attention span to sit or be anywhere for eight hours doing anything, like not school, not anything. So I went Friday night and then I went uh, at around noon on Saturday, yesterday, which means that I missed Deepak Chopra and I missed Elizabeth Gilbert. So you can still go and still find out on your own about those two because I didn't see them. Not that I don't dig what they're doing, but... Um, I guess Mark Nepo also, I didn't see him, but that was, um, those were the things that I missed because I missed it. Alrighty. Oprah opened the night and if you've watched every single Oprah show, then you basically know Oprah's story. And I think the only new thing she told was about, um, Stedman, how we all have the desire, we, we want to be validated in that. She noticed that over the years of doing her show, that every single person from the molester to the murderer to Beyonce um, to whoever it is, after they're done with an interview, they always ask, like, how did I do it or was that okay? And so she kind of took that and said that it doesn't matter who you are, we all want to be validated. And I can definitely um, agree with that. I always tell my therapist that I have always had these like thoughts about myself uh, feeling like I was special or that I was different um and I would like date different people and I you know had different jobs 
And I would at times feel limited because I felt like nobody could really understand the level of greatness that I had, which on the surface sounds like insanely self-centered, but we are the center of our own universe. You know what I mean? And so these are the things that I believed about myself. And it wasn't until, you know, I had a second business. So Curlbox being my second business, my first business for all intents and purposes was successful. Um, that validated me that, you know what, I really know what I'm doing, or I really have this, this vision or this passion, or I can really connect the dots really well. Um, and so the same thing, it was really interesting that after I kind of had this idea of a curl box and how I wanted it to run inside and outside, meaning what people get and the inside being how we work as a team. And so, um, maybe one day, uh, whenever I have the time or, you know, it's the one thing that I really would like to do like a professional book about is like lead leadership and leading with love. And I'm very tough and hard on my team, but getting the best out of people, um, respecting them on and on and on, but just kind of having this, I have a system in which I, um, manage and it for the last three years has been working. So Oprah, says, you know, when she was younger, that the one quote, and I know you guys will tell me who who said it and where she got it because I didn't make a note of it. And I've always had it in my mind too. I am the master of my fate, the captain of my soul. And I wrote that down because I just, I just love writing out things like that again and again and again. And sometimes, you know, we need to keep reminding ourselves that nobody is, in charge of us, no one, no circumstance, nothing, you know, is, is the captain of, of our direction of which way we can go. It really is up to us. And so many times, you know, we blame our, you know, the direction of our life on this or that or circumstances when really it all comes down to our choices. And I'm not sure if Oprah said that or not, but that is something that I truly believe, you know, you chose that. So it's like you made the decision. I mean, it's very simple. If I, you know, I have made some very bad decisions, you know, I chose to entertain someone in a relationship that was not, you know, if I really took the time and wrote down what I was doing, I probably wouldn't have done it, but it felt good. You know what I mean? It made my mind, it made all these little, my mom always says, whenever she knows I'm really into a guy, she's like, Oh, you see stars, don't you? And I'm like, I see stars. And she knows exactly what that means. It's like that deep connection. And then when all of it fell apart, you know, there was no need in me blaming anybody, uh, but the choice that I made and not even really blaming myself because I'm human, but blaming the choice that I made or not even blaming, but just saying, Based on the choice that I made, this is the consequence. And so learning to live with the consequences of that. So I encourage you to go see it. Oprah is always fantastic. Um, I think that she put together a really awesome group of leaders. I'm going to just tell you about the two that I saw, um, Rob Bell and Iyanla. And she even had this like soul cycle. There was like a part of it after lunch where she had like um, Angela Davis the girl who was her first soul cycle instructor. I mean, this girl was awesome. I mean, I went to the gym yesterday morning and then after lunch, she had this like just in your seat exercise and me and my girlfriend were like sweating. <laughs> we were sweating after. And so she was so good. And I'm so bummed that we don't have soul cycle in Atlanta, but all my New York friends, 
always tell me I have to do it. So I think the next time I go to New York, I'm definitely getting my butt into Soul Cycle. So I want to talk to you about Rob Bell. I had no idea who Rob Bell was up until a few weekends ago when I was kind of on the couch doing Super Soul Sunday, which I had never watched until a couple weekends ago. So I don't really, I typically will DVR all my programs on um, OWN and programs I sound like my grandmother. I, I typically will DVR everything I want to see, which is usually Iyanla. I like anything that all the stuff that Oprah does, but I had never did the Super Soul Sunday because I'm just like, oh, you know, more stuff, more stuff. So I happened to be home on a Sunday, turned it on, and the first one I saw was with Rob Bell. Excuse me. Now, mind you, they were at Oprah's house, and I'm just like, Oprah is just so flawless like that. You know, like, I'm going to continue to work. I'm 60, and I'm working from home, and I've got this um, pastor, Rob Bell. Now, what I love most about Rob Bell is that Rob Bell is a phenomenal speaker. And I study great speakers because I used to be so afraid to speak in front of large groups. So I would study uh, great speakers and see the way they hold audiences and the way how they tell stories so that I could master and not be so afraid to speak um, and pu to do public speaking. And I learned that it's all about how you tell a story and then having your points. I always say have three points and tell a story. So he decided to go the route of like breath and how when he had his son they hung him like from his ankles and everyone was waiting for him to take a breath. And if the baby doesn't take a breath, you know what that means? The baby doesn't live. And then he kind of told this whole story about his grandmother's last breath and how our breath is essentially a, our spirit. So when breath enters your body, that's your spirit. And when it leaves your body, your spirit is gone, right? Crazy. I love the way he did that. And he essentially said that those who receive breath, meaning that if you're breathing and you're alive, like that is such a generous gift from the universe. You know what I mean? And so we get so caught up with the mundane details of life that we don't recognize that the thing flowing out of our mouths and as I'm talking is just this wonderful gift. And he says, you know, that the life you want begins by embracing the life you have. And I think it's so easy for us to have goals and there's nothing wrong with having goals, but really loving and accepting and having the life we want. And so I have spent the last couple years, um, my life changed dramatically in the last couple years. And I went from sort of having an average lifestyle, um, still very busy to, you know, a definitely uh, an elevated <laughs> definitely an elevated lifestyle and in the elevated lifestyle I have um always wanted to maintain myself my person my because I believe that I got to this place by just being my leak and I never wanted to allow access you know because you start to get more access to things you start to get people just give you a pass so where I would have to work so hard to get into a door before, I don't have to work as hard to get into the door. So what happens to me when I don't have to work as hard anymore? Will I be lazy? Will I become entitled? These are all the things that I don't want to happen. And so I'm very aware of these things. And so I still do a lot of things to maintain my me, even though I don't necessarily have to. And so 
you know, there will be times where, you know, I could have, I, I have every year I kind of get a little bit, my life gets a little bit better and the things I can do get better. And so a lot of times, instead of acknowledging that my life is getting a little bit better, I will allow someone to talk me out of appreciating the life I have because they bring up what I don't have. So it's like, oh, what about, are you going to have kids? Do you want to have a family? What about a husband or a boyfriend or whatever? And I was just like, you know what? My life is really good right now. And I'm not going to allow people to look at what they believe I don't have and convince me not to dig what I'm already doing. And so it's like, you know what? I want to do things on my own time. I want to date on my own time. I want to, you know, try these things on my own time. And I do, and I have, and I, and, and I like it that way. And it's been so refreshing to do that and say, you know what? I'm going to date when I'm ready. And when I date, it's going to be how I want it to be. And it's not going to be my old way of poor choices because that's something that I wanted to work on. So for people who are all invested in my love life, it's like, you know, there are so many people where you go, oh, what are you doing? And they say that they're working on themselves. Oh, I'm working on me. I really was doing that. And so I think it's so important. And sometimes you've got to get, got to get a section of your life really silent so you can really hear and really, you know, kind of birth, you know, birth this thing that sometimes is very uncomfortable and go through the pain. And so my, um, and this is me doing my sharing thing, my past, uh, what I typically would do is when something didn't work out, I would just sort of pile all this work on my plate and then I would just quickly move on because I didn't want to feel the pain of the loss. And so I took the time uh, this year to feel the pain of the loss and just be like, oh my God, and journal every single time, like this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. And eventually you just get tired of it hurting and you eventually just say, okay, screw it. I'm moving on. Um, so what else did Rob Bell say? Rob Bell did this really cool list of like, um, positives and negatives, how you raise a child. This is good. This is bad. This is nice. This is evil kind of thing. And for kids, it's great because you really have to give them sort of some kind of boundaries in life so that they know how to be a decent person. But you know, what ends up happening is that, um, we think that good things can't come out of the things on this quote unquote bad or dark side, suffering, tragedy, loss, all those things. And so he told this story and he was like, if somebody asked you what the three most like pivotal parts of your life were, they're probably tend to be on that side of like darkness. And it's true. The same thing is true for me. Like when I think about the things that changed me forever, you know, being 20, eight or 29 years old and losing a really good friend and coworker in a plane crash. Like that was the moment that, I mean, I broke out in hives, but it was the moment that forced at his funeral. I was like, I can't continue to do this. I'm not going to keep saying that I'm going to live the life that I want and I'm not doing it. And so after his death, I never went back to work again, meaning I have never had a job since then a real, like a formal you know, 401k signed up job application. I have never had a job since that day, since the day he died. Uh, Life-changing moment. You know, I had a really horrible breakup, moved to Atlanta, breakup did not go very well. And I literally started my life over. Breakups, do breakups ever go well? I don't think so. But it was the kind of breakup that I had moved cross country. And so I had nothing. And so starting my life over, and this was less than five years ago, honey. This was maybe, I would say maybe four years ago now. 
uh, started my life over. I mean, I didn't even have, I remember going to go buy a can opener. I didn't have a couch. I did not have a dining room table, all these things. Um, and then a third, I can't, I can't think right now, but just some of the things that, you know, understanding that on the side, on that side is, is where that thing kind of happens. And I'm kind of skipping around and, and Rob Bell was saying the modern world, the modern world likes things that you can prove. And so that's what usually kind of stumps us and limits us and making choices because it's like, I mean, I've had some ideas and I'm like, but I can't prove that it's going to be successful. I don't know that it's going to work. And so we don't really do a lot of things because it, it's like, we can't prove it. But he was like, you can't prove things like breath and spirit. And so he uses this whole big story about how big the universe is and how fast the earth is traveling like a thousand miles an hour and like how are how is any of this happening so why do we get so caught up trying to prove things in our small lives when when you look at the grand scale of life it is a miracle and sounds freakishly impossible um and then Iyanla who we all love. My mom calls her Izala, which just cracks me up every time. So I call her Izala to my mom. My mom refuses to call her Iyanla. Um, Iyanla was really good. She's always good. And, you know, I, I couldn't remember if she said this or if Oprah said this because I meshed my notes at one point, but I love this. And I've got these three things that she said that I love. Number one, what doesn't work is information, right? What doesn't work is information. We typically think what doesn't work is failure. No, that's the information that we didn't have. So now that's why I always say making an informed decision. You can't, you can't make an informed decision without the information. And so sometimes you have to learn by screwing up. Number two, you are who you think you are. And so I don't know if you remember maybe five, 10 minutes ago, I was saying that I always believed that I was kind of like, that I was great and that I was awesome. And I had this, that I had like this, I was special and I had this like magical energy, which other people would like roll their eyes. But I really do think that and not in a way that's like, I'm better than everyone, but in a way that I feel like the things, the things that come out of my mind or the way my mind works is, is good. And it's great. And it's like, if you don't think these things about yourself, then you won't have them. And Iyama, oh my God, Iyama, there was this part where, and this is, I hope this does not get too long because now Iyama was talking about how, how we have to, she was talking about telling the truth and how we have to change the way we tell the truth. And so it was so good because she was saying, you know, people be like, I'm a single mom, you know, versus I am a fantastic woman raising a child, um, raising my child. And while I would have liked to have, have had a partner, like I do not, you know what I'm saying? Like there was another part where it's like, Oh, the love of my life broke up with me. And so she started off and she was like, I was hot. He was cool. And we did something and it didn't work out. And it's really just like, we get so caught up in telling these miserable stories. And so she was saying that her brother told her that she was fat and ugly. And she was like, that was her truth. She allowed that. And she referred to it as like, when that story keeps playing in your mind and you start applying it to everything like a humping dog, like, you know, you raise this really awesome puppy and then he starts humping the legs of everybody and how those thoughts will hump our minds. And no matter what's happening, we figure out a way to apply. We, we, we figure out a way to use that to filter every story of our lives through. And she was like, one day I just woke up and decided to be gorgeous. Like that I was just going to be drop dead gorgeous. And sometimes you just have to do that. You have to be, you have to decide to be confident and stop um 
stop the humping dog in your head. And then her final, the other note that I love is the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. And so that's really kind of the vibration of my office and the way I run my business is the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. So you can't always run late for work, but also be good at this and be good at that. You can't sort of do this well, you know, and don't do anything else. Well, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. And that's why if you, everything you do uh, should be excellent. And, and I always talk about that. And, um, the final note, because this was a little bit scattered, clearly, is I have this last note from Rob Bell, and he was like, every day in my house, we use Define China. And so that's kind of like, you know, we, we talk about the life we want and how we want to live, but we save things for some supposed special day or big day or awesome day or, you know, special occasion. And it's just like every day that breath is coming from us is a special occasion, occasion because we were given this generous gift. So, um, so glad to be able to share that with you and do a podcast. I know it's been a while, um, but I am, I am in quarter four of my year and this is the time of year where I focus on my personal life. I know. So I usually spend most of the year hustling super hard. Not that I'm not still hustling because I do have to work today. Um, but this is the part of the year where I really kind of just take some inventory. I do two things. Number one, I have an advisor and I typically don't tell people this, but since you're my podcast friends, I'll tell you. I typically, so for the rest of the year, I have hired someone to basically pick apart my entire thought process. So everything that I do professionally, he is hired to challenge every single thought, every single thing that I do. And it's not for, it's not to say that everything I'm doing is wrong, but to make sure that the things that I am doing, um, that I'm doing them right and that I can prove every single thing that I'm doing. And so that goes in mind when I told you that I don't ever want to be the person that gets so full of herself or that gets to a place where I think that I can't be told anything and that I can't learn um, because that's a dangerous place to be. So spending the last part of the year um, basically being picked apart, which is so, oh my God, it's such a challenge for me because there's homework um, because I typically am like, oh, it just worked because this is, I did it and it works. And it's just like really, uh, laying stuff down, putting some stuff on paper, um, challenging my thoughts and, um, asking, you know, he asks me the hard questions that sometimes it takes me a week. I mean, I'm still maybe even two, I'm on a week and a half and I still can't answer this one question. Whew. Um, and then I also try to focus on my personal life, like, you know, taking time for me, for my family. My mother will be here, uh, Friday with two very close family friends. So, um, that's what I like to do at the end of the year. We all have things that we do. Anyway, it's Sunday. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of the day. I always thank you for checking in, for listening to me, um, basically for giving me a platform to speak. Um, I don't think you'll ever know how huge that is. I know a lot of people always thank me for doing this, but, um, I thank you <clears throat> for, for validating my thoughts, like Oprah said. So you guys have a good one and we will talk soon.